Hello Canucks fans, welcome to an emergency episode of the Canucks Conversation. My name is David Quadrelli and joining me is my partner Chris Faber who made the trek all the way to our studios at the British Columbia Institute of Technology. Thanks for coming. Dude, happy to be here. Uh, there's a lot to talk about with uh, the trade for Tyler Toffoli, man. It went down today. Yeah, we don't usually record on Monday nights. Friday nights and posting on Saturday is usually what we stick to, but we both decided that we had to make the trek out here and we had to come right to the studio to do an emergency podcast. So, okay, let's just get to it. Uh, where What happened when you found out where the trade was? What was going on? I just finished work, and I was in Subway. And the first person that I saw it from was actually Tej. Tej Dollywall was oh, the no first way. person I saw it. And he just said something, about tequila. He said something about tequila Tyler. I'm like, what the hell is this guy talking about? So then, no offense, Tej. Um, but then I was like, uh, I was like, what's he talking about? And he said to Foley in the tweet. So I was, looked further and then I saw the Dreger tweet and I was like, holy shit. So then I tweeted out right away because like I saw it and I was like, oh, okay. Like maybe someone will see it for me. So I tweeted out right away and then it all sunk in. And then I'm immediately getting like... A bunch of texts from a bunch of people being like, "What's the return? What's the return?" Like these people think it's I have funny, inside like, info. All these, uh, all the like low key Canucks group chats that you're in with like your friends that aren't really like on Canucks Twitter. Like that was the same as my phone. My phone just starts like blowing up from everyone who knows that. Like yeah. obviously we cover the Canucks and stuff. Just started blowing up. I was uh, so we just wrapped up the Giants game. Uh, we were like doing post game interviews and stuff. We didn't get Bo and Byron because he got kicked out of tonight's game. But uh, Dan O'Connor comes down. He's all excited. He's tweeting out. He's like, 10 wins for the Giants. They're going to be the talk of the town." So he tweets that out. They got ten wins, and like it's a big deal, right? The Vancouver Giants winning ten in a row. So he's all excited that you know that and people are going to start talking about the Giants again. And then like five minutes after that, uh, wow. I'm doing an interview um, with Trent Miner, who's the goaltending prospect for the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, we're doing an interview with him and Hawko walks up and shows me the phone it's like Derek Dreger it's like to Foley to Vancouver we're like holy shit and like even like uh even you know minor looks over at it it's just like oh it's just a big trade that just dropped uh with to Foley going to Vancouver so I feel for the Vancouver Giants because I just want to get that in before we get to too much of this trade <laughs> they're they just won their 10th game in a row so that's huge um okay huge trade why don't you just break it down from top from top to bottom yep for sure so to the LA Kings Tim Schaller Canucks 2020 second round pick the rights to Tyler Madden that's a key part of this trade we'll get into that soon and a conditional fourth round pick in 2022 the Vancouver Canucks receive Tyler Toffoli okay so Tyler Toffoli uh he's making 4.6 he's an unrestricted free agent after this year He's been off to a pretty good season so far, and that's been good because he hasn't really played a lot of time on the first line, but he's been up there recently. 18 goals, 16 assists. That's 34 points in 58 games. He's only a minus four if you want to count plus minus, and that's on a bad LA Kings team. Uh, yeah, initial thoughts of adding him into this lineup because, like, straight up, he's probably the biggest winger out there after Taylor Hall just left, right? Since Taylor yep. Hall got traded, I'd say Tyler Toffoli was the next biggest guy out there. He's averaging 16 and a half minutes a game right now for the LA Kings. But that's been, you know, an up and down season for him over the past couple of games. He's been really impressive, especially if you count the three goals uh, in his in this most recent game. He had one assist before that, but I believe it's something like in his last twenty eight games, he's got, uh, yeah, so twelve goals in his last twenty eight games, twenty one points. Um, nine of them at even strength, which is huge. And I'm just, yeah, I don't know. I'll let you go from there. Well, I think a big thing here is that he's already matched his point total from last year, right? He's already at 34 points. That's what it took for him to get. To, it took 82 games for him to get to that. Now he's at 30, 34 in 52 or 58 or whatever it is. Yeah, 58. And now he's going to be playing alongside Tanner Pearson and Bo Horvat. This is the winger that Bo Horvat needed. The Canucks knew all year, all of last year too, that Bo Horvat needed a winger. And now they have that winger. And they have him playing with Tanner Pearson. And, you know, the Canucks tweeted out that photo that you and I just saw recently. <laughs> it was the um, 
Tanner Pearson has Toffoli on his back and they're smiling for the camera. And yeah, like it's good that these two are coming in because one thing a lot of people were talking about about a trade is you worry about, okay, you have a dynamic in the room. Everybody wants to play hard for each other. You've got a good group of guys. If you bring in too many outsiders, that can you can mess with that in-locker room chemistry, whatever. But I'm thinking Toffoli's going to be able to slide right in, no problem, as Pearson did. Like Pearson's a part of that, a part of the group, right? And, you know, with Toffoli coming in, it's somebody he already knows and I think he's going to fit in just fine. But, you know, the main thing we have to talk about is what the Canucks gave up. Yeah, 100%. They give out uh, Tim Schaller, which I think is the perfect guy to give up. When oh, yeah. he, when you heard it was a roster player, I think a lot of people started freaking out a little bit. I know that we were kind of, you know, because the trade was announced and it was like to fully getting traded. And then it came out that it was a roster player, a prospect, and a pick. And that's that just made it so much worse because then you just start wondering. You're like, it can't be Huglander. You know, it can't be Jet Wu. It yeah. can't be Pod Colson. There's no way it can be any of these guys. And then, you know, to find out it was Tyler Madden, it's almost like everything was pointing that way. But, man, giving up Tim Schaller is huge, I think, for especially especially when you see what Zach McEwen's been able to do over the past little bit. Yeah. Justin Bailey making an entrance into the lineup a little bit. But the thing that I want to mention is that line that you talked about. So it's it's you know it's got to be that way. It's got to be Tanner Pearson. It's got to be Bo Horvat. It's got to be Tyler Toffoli together on a line. And the great thing about that is, okay, Toffoli's already played with Pearson, and now that they're going to get a chance to play on a second line together, like look, look look at the other forwards we've had on that line over the past little bit. Louis Erickson, like Zach McEwen, though he has had some really good games over the past little bit. He's not really a top six player. Tyler Toffoli yeah. is a top six player. He's a legitimate top six player, and with that acquisition, the Canucks now have a legitimate top nine. And I'll tell you why, Chris. As soon as Brock Besser comes back, he's going back with the lotto line. Jake Vertanen then slides down to the third line. That is a very good top nine with Adam Gaudet centering that third line, Roussel on their wing, and then that second line, like... Talk about a top six, sure, but we've been talking about a top nine for the past two years, and the Canucks really haven't had an actual top nine until now. As soon as Brock Besser comes back, that's one of the best top nines in the league by far. It is, and it's a legitimate, like, even if you want to talk about top sixes, I mean, you have Elias Pettersson, you have JT Miller doing what they're doing. Brock Besser makes his return, but, you know, that's something that we kind of got to bring up as well with the Brock Besser situation, because I don't know if the Canucks think that this is the right time to announce this, but they also happen to announce that... Uh, Brock Besser has sustained a rib cartilage fracture and will be reevaluated in three weeks. Michael Furlan will also miss the remainder of the season due to the concussion symptoms that he's had, which I think you know is good. I think it's good for Michael Furlan to worry about his health for a little bit. But Brock Besser, uh, not only is he going to be out for three weeks, he's going to be reevaluated in three weeks. Um, how huge is that for the Vancouver Canucks? And like, it almost wonders like did did that force them into going and get, getting Tyler to fully? I don't want to use the word force, but I think it encouraged them for sure. I'm not I'm like I'm very confident that you know something else that happened today that may have encouraged them is literally every Pacific Division team that played won today. And the Canucks have some competition right on their heels. And it's like, it's such a tight race and it's so fun to watch, like, what's going to happen here. Because I wrote about it on my last Pass to Bullis article. Like, Arizona's three, three points. Oh my gosh, wow. Not even, wow. Sorry, just looking at the stats right now. Literally, the Canucks are one point out of the second wild card spot. They were first in the Pacific like two days ago. Yep. This is insane. And the Canucks are recognizing that this is going to be a tight race and they need to be better than everybody else. And I think Tyler fully makes them better than everybody else. I would say that the Canucks, you know, aside from Edmonton because of the firepower they have in their top two lines, I would say the Canucks have the best top six in the Pacific Division. I think it's pretty safe to say that. Yeah, I think that, you know, JT Miller has changed that so much because if you looked at the start of the year, you would not be saying that at all. But you see what JT Miller has been able to do playing with Elias Patterson. 
And that's the other thing. Like, okay, JT Miller and Elias Pettersson are playing together. I know Tyler Toffoli's had the experience with Tanner Pearson. Do you think there's any chance he goes on and plays with those guys? Or just the fact that he's comfortable with Tanner Pearson is like he needs to go there? Because I think a lot of people are already just accepting that that's going to be the second line. Yeah, I think it's going to start with Tanner Pearson for sure. That's where he's going to start. You know, Travis Green's not afraid to shake up his lines mm-hmm. if he's not liking what he's seeing. But, you know, Toffoli's somebody that was asked when he was with the Kings to play defensively. Like, that was something he needed to shore up in his game. I think McClellan was the one that really told him that, was that he really needed to shore that up. And it's happened, and that's what Green loves to see from his players. So I see him slotting in really nice on that. You know, we call it the second shutdown line, basically, yep. right? It's a two-way line, and I think Toffoli's a perfect player for that line. So personally, I see him on that line. I don't really see him playing with Pedersen. Here's the thing about Toffoli, too, and you mentioned Todd McClellan challenging him. He he sat him earlier this year. He had him as a healthy scratch one yes. game. He also had him on the fourth line. He's challenged him, and then you know he's risen to the occasion. He worked his way back up to that first line. He was playing on that first line, uh, which was Tyler Toffoli, Anze Kopitar, and Alex Ayafalo, which is one of my favorite names, by the way, in hockey. Ayafalo is. is a sick name. Um, and on that LA Kings team, like they controlled a lot of the puck. 57% of the Corsi they controlled. And on a bad LA Kings team, they still controlled the goal share at 5-on-5, controlling 64% of the goals wow. going in the net. That's damn impressive for an LA Kings team. That really is, you know, nothing special this year at all. I believe somewhere like, yeah, so over 59 games, 21, 33, and 5. That's a bad team wow. in the NHL. And the fact that they're controlling the goal share at that level, I know that Anze Kopitar is, you know, an excellent two-way forward. He's the yeah. kind of guy you want to play with. But Tyler Toffoli fits that line because he can help score goals. So let's talk about the player that Tyler Toffoli is. I guess the number one thing that sticks out for me is he kind of does the right things right, right? He does the little things right, apparently, from what yes, I've heard a lot that's of. that's what I heard today. He's little things upgraded. He's a guy that can get to the scoring spots on the ice. He drives. You know what? He, he sounds a lot like a Tanner Pearson. Yep. He sounds like another Tanner Pearson for Bo Horvat. And the fact that he's played with Tanner Pearson, Bo Horvat's been needing that winger. You know, we he needed a winger last year. They went out and got Tanner Pearson. They wanted to sure up that line and get a third player on that line now. And they went out and got him with Tyler Toffoli. And we'll talk about what they gave up, but we're talking about the time right now because this makes this team a lot better. It's it like does, what you 100%. talked about. The top 100%. nine is so much more improved. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, we're going to we're gonna get into the acquisition cost. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people are calling it an overpayment. Personally, I don't think it's an overpayment. I'll explain why soon. But this does make the team much better. Mm-hmm. And if you don't think, like, everybody recognizes that. I don't think that's, you know, it's the same with the JT Miller trade. People were pissed about what was given up. But JT Miller made the team a lot better, and that's very evident from this season. So I, I just wonder if, with a guy like Toffoli coming, can he have a similar similar experience to Pearson and JT Miller, for example? Like, JT Miller is having a career year as a Tanner Pearson. Well, maybe not career year, but they're having great years yeah. on this team, right? And they're really being able to perform to the best of their abilities and reach their full potential on this team and I wonder if that's going to happen for Toffoli too and you know it doesn't look like right now there's an extension that's going to happen uh anytime soon which by the way is part of the trade if they do extend him they're going to get the fourth round pick from the Vancouver Canucks as well yes and like I said let's talk about the positives right now because there are some negatives that we have to get into as well but the fact okay so I got some numbers in front of me Tyler Toffoli like these are going to I'm going to get stat and nerdy on you here so over the past three years he's increased his top five guys that he's played with, the forwards, are Jeff Carter, Adrian Kempe, Tanner Pearson, Ante Kopitar, and Alex Ayafalo. He's increased every single one of those fives, Corsi, by almost you know 6% on some of them, 7% on some. He's really good at driving the play. And when I've explained Corsi a couple times to the simplest degree, 
getting Corsi, having a high Corsi is basically you get the puck from your zone into the other zone. There's going to be more time in the offensive zone with the puck. You do a good job of transitioning, and I think you fire a lot of shots towards net. What's the thing that Vancouver Canucks fans always want with their players is to shoot the freaking puck more. You know, like they're the type of team that gets outshot a lot of games, even though they win a lot of these games with Jacob Markstrom. But I just wonder, like, when you look at this top six, how much, like, how much better is it actually with Tyler Toffoli in it compared to a Louis Erickson or a Zach McEwen playing on that line? Substantially. Yeah. Especially Louis Erickson. Like, you know, we all shit on Louis Erickson in this market, <laughs> but Tyler Toffoli's much, much better than Louis Erickson, and he can play that defensive game as well. Like, he brings, he brings the same defensive capabilities as Louis Erickson, but he's much better mm. at the offensive side of the game which is what the Canucks really need on this line is to score some goals here and that's exactly what they're going to get from Tyler Toffoli like like I said I don't think anybody's complaining about the player like Tyler Toffoli is miles better than Wayne Simmons and that's the other guy they were talking about going to get so Benning got his guy and the Canucks Canucks fans should be happy that the Canucks were actually able to add this guy and have him on the team now for this playoff run He's got 18 goals this year in 58 games, 14 of those goals at even strength. And that's huge for that line because that's something that we talk about with that line all the time. The Horvat line is going to have to match up against the other team's best lines. If Toffoli is is able to play a two-way game and able to shut down other teams' top lines, he's able to contribute like he's doing so far this year at 5-on-5. That's huge for that line because we talk about it almost every week. As long as that line doesn't get outscored, they're winning, right? Like if the Horvat line can limit the other team, you know, if they get scored on, hopefully they can score one to sort of bounce it out. But when you look at it through a series, like if the Horvat line can outscore the other team's hot top line in a playoff series, that's huge. And Tyler Toffoli brings so much of that to this yeah. team. You know what else he brings? Sutter off of the first power play unit. That's true too. And that's that's really underrated. That's we should be point. talking about that more. <laughs> that is a good point. I wonder where he fits in because you know he's going to come in and he's going to be. I don't know. He's going to be used in a spot where I wonder if he's a bumper guy. You know, are they going to keep Horvat in front of the net? He's a right-handed shot. You'd like to have that with Pedersen. That gives Pedersen a couple different options. He can yep. pass it down low to Horvat. He can hit the bumper spot with Tyler Toffoli to get, you know, Tyler Toffoli's best skill might be his shot. I mean, he's got a really quick shot. That's he his does. best part. He's He might not be the fastest player. He's decently quick, though. But I think the best part about his game is his release. That's the best part about his game. He's a right-handed shot. He fits that power play. You're right. Like, that's a huge upgrade, I think, compared to what they have with Brandon yeah, Sutter. Yeah, exactly. And I think he'll go right in that bumper spot, like, like we were just saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I was just saying, like, it's so crazy because my Botchford night's on Wednesday. Um, he's probably got traded. I don't think he'll be here for tomorrow morning's yeah, practice. Yeah, yeah, he's he's there for media availability at 11 o'clock. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. so I, I wonder if he's there for practice, though. No, he's not practicing. Okay, he's so I might be able to tweet out those uh, lines when I'm there on uh, yes! Wednesday, yes, uh, which is going to be it. awesome. So it's going to be great to be able to, you know, I'm going to be able to get to talk to him in person on Wednesday at the Botchford Project. Um, but, man, like, this is a huge trade. This is going all in. And I guess we can kind of turn to what they gave up now. Yes, because let's do it. Um, and also, by the way, we're going to have Cam Robinson join us later to touch on the prospect that Tyler Madden is um, and what he's going to bring to the LA organization. And I kind of want to talk about Cam, talk to Cam a little bit about you know what a second round pick means as well because yep. the Canucks have done amazing with their second round picks over the past little bit. So, like you mentioned, they gave up a second round pick. They gave up Tim Schaller. They give up Tyler Madden, a conditional fourth. We'll see if they re-sign him. I, I just don't think they have the money to re-sign Tyler. To it's going to be tough. We can get into that later. But so they give up Tyler Madden. You know, a lot of hype over Tyler Madden until he just hurt his wrist and now he's out, or hurt his thumb. I think he, now he's out four to six. Doesn't really matter. He's a prospect. It wasn't going to be a major injury. So, giving up Tyler Madden, what do you think about that? It's tough because, you know, 
Tyler Madden was a third round pick and he had a great year at Northeastern and everybody was really high on him and he was looking, you know, people were doing victory laps for Judd Brackett. They were like, oh my gosh, we got Tyler Madden in the third round. Look at this. This is insane. But when I look at what the Canucks actually gave up, I'm not thinking that it's an overpayment because I look at what Tampa gave up in order to get Blake Coleman from the New Jersey Devils. And again, just to refresh everybody's memory, that was a first-round pick. And Nolan Foote, who... So that's basically two first-round picks. Because Nolan Foote was a first-round pick in last year's draft by Tampa. And they have his brother, Cal. Yeah, Cal. Um, And uh, so I look at it like that, and I say, okay, you basically gave up two first-round picks for Blake Coleman. And then you have... Tyler Toffoli, who you gave up a second round pick. And I think what makes this harder for Canucks fans to swallow is that the Canucks don't have a pick until like the third round, which is probably going to be 75 to 80 range, let's say. So it's tough not, you know, it's such a deep draft and it's really tough not to have a first or a second. I think the problem with this draft, though, and I've been hearing it a lot, and we'll probably hear from Cam later, but this draft isn't actually that deep like after the first round and actually after the first like 20 picks, it kind of drops off and I, I'll let Cam talk about that because he's the expert, but I've heard him talk about it. I've heard him tweet about it that yeah, it's deep, but it's like top 20 deep before gotcha. it starts to fall. But we'll get to Cam later on in that. I don't know how deep like the second and third rounds are because I just haven't done yeah, as much yeah, research. Yeah. It's not like the Canucks are in that spot where they're drafting. So I've been like dropping well, down my draft. Well, that's just it. That's what I'm trying to say, right? If the Canucks had a first round pick still, who cares? This is a great trade, yeah. right? So you have to look at it, you know, like, in terms of if it was an overpayment or not, I'm going to say no, it was not an overpayment mm-hmm. because, you know, you just look around the league and you look what people are giving up. You fuck that Andy Green trade. And I know it's not oh, really God. easy to compare that, but. Uh, well, that got a lot of people going about Chris Tanev being like, yeah. what's his worth? Yeah, and now exactly. You know, you can throw that out the window because that's not happening. They're obviously going all in. But uh, before, right before we started recording, you said something that I thought you have to touch on here on the pod. You said you have the feeling that this Tyler Toffoli trade can mm-hmm. be very similar to JT Miller trade. Yeah, exactly. And in the sense of, you know, I think this is a player that can really reach his full potential on this team. And I think JT Miller got an increased role with the Canucks and he made good on it. JT Miller has been, you know, if not Hughes or Markstrom, JT Miller's been the team's MVP and he's yep. been one of their best players for sure. And I think Toffoli might have similar success. And, you know, if he's reunited with Pearson and he really likes it and he meshes well and they go on a deep playoff run oh what am i saying if they go on a playoff run at all Tavoli's gonna want to re-sign here and that's the thing right is a lot of the what you can judge on this trade let alone what happens with tyler madden and what he becomes a lot of it lies on whether or not the canucks are actually able to sign tyler Tavoli after this season all right so cam robinson just said he's on baby duty now so we've lost cam robinson we've lost cam robinson ladies and gentlemen uh, so i wanted to yeah i think i agree with a lot of what you're saying and and it's the opportunity like you brought up, right? Like he was playing on LA, a team that maybe thought that they could make the playoffs at the start of the year, but obviously they can't. And I think when you're a player in Tyler Toffoli's situation, who's you know 27 turning 28 this year, you want to win. You want to be on a team that's on the up. And I think he's on a team right now that's on the up. They're, they're blowing away expectations that we had for them at the start of the year with the Vancouver Canucks. And, and Tyler Toffoli's stepping into a spot that's been needed all year long, right? It's, it's, it's no secret that we've been looking for the right winger to play with Pearson and Horvat, And we found him in Tyler Toffoli. He's a right shot guy. I think that he skates well. I don't know if he's, you know, I feel like almost comparing him so much to Tanner Pearson, but in a way of 
He's not really the big bulky Tanner Pearson. He's like a skinnier, mm-hmm. quicker shot version of Tanner Pearson. Yeah. And that's just what I think from seeing him. I just watched every single goal he scored last year, this year. Um, so yeah, this is, this is just so huge for what this team's going to start changing over to. And Tyler Madden is a great prospect. Yeah. I think he's worked his stock up. He's no longer a third round pick. He's a guy that's yeah. worked his way up. A lot of people were talking about, you know, two months ago saying he would have, if in a redraft, he's a first rounder. Mm-hmm. So that's a big prospect to give up. But the fact that they didn't have to touch Niels Hoglander, they didn't have to touch Bud Colson, even Yo Levy or Jet Wu. But the scary thing is, and I wanted to get into this with Cam, but we can't, but the only problem with trading Tyler Madden to me is there's not any centers coming up through this team now. You don't have anybody in Utica that's playing center. I mean, shit, Cole Lynn's getting time playing center. Now, the, the only centers I can really think of that would be possible NHL players in the future are Linus Carlson, who probably isn't going to make it in the NHL, yeah. and Carson Folk. Who, I mean, yeah, he's had a great year this year, but is he already an NHL prospect? I don't know. He's got a long way to go. We have to see what he does in Utica. But now, when you trade away a second-round pick, you already gave away your first-round pick. You don't really have a lot of centers coming through into the future. It's tough. But then again, look at the centers you have now. You have Bo Horvat locked up. You have Elias Pettersson here. You have JT Miller here. Um, you know that. But after that, you have Godet. You have Sutter. You have Beagle. I don't think a lot of these guys are going to be here for the long haul out of Sutter and Beagle for sure. But, I mean, if you look at the four centers, I guess it's not bad. Like JT Miller, Lies Patterson, Bo Horvat, Adam Gaudet. Those are going to have to be your four centers for a long time now. I don't mind that. I think that's a great – those are great – the four great centers. Yeah. You know, the, the problem is the center depth, right? Yeah. yeah. But depth signings are also guys like Tyler Grayovac. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm not too worried about them – losing a Tyler Madden other than the fact that okay like I won't say that oh no like I've seen guys on Twitter be like oh Tyler Madden was never gonna play in this lineup it's like are you kidding me he's like good he's, he, he was gonna play wing if anything he like, probably has the potential to be Adam Gaudet but maybe a little bit better if he hits his yeah, potential yeah, right he's, he's a little bit smaller than Gaudet he's a lot smaller than Gaudet but if he were to hit his potential he's an incredible playmaker you can see what he's doing with Aiden McDonough this year if he gets a guy with him that can shoot like McDonough He's going to put up a ton of points. And the scary thing is he's going to be in our division moving forward. Like the LA Kings yeah. are in the Pacific. He's not going far. We're going to see a lot of Tyler Madden, whether it's next year. I don't know. Cause now I got a feeling that, uh, you know, from what we've heard a lot of lately and JD was just at the yeah, JD yeah, Burke yeah. was just at the bean pot and he was kind of reporting that, you know, Tyler Madden probably is going to return next year. He's probably going to win the Hobie Baker next year. Yeah. And you know, that's the guy that we're probably going to be losing now or that we have lost in a trade is probably the Hobie Baker winner from next year. Who's going to be in the lineup in two years or at the end of next year with the LA Kings. So that's a, you know, we didn't lose nothing. And I've seen what you're talking about. People yeah. are like, oh, Tyler Madden's not actually that good. He's pretty small. He's super I know. Skinny. That's, that's like, the no, like take. He, he's good. He's he a good, good prospect. Yeah. He's borderline top five best prospect on the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, for sure. No, I totally agree with you. But you know who else is good? Tyler Toffoli. <laughs> <laughs> he is good. Okay, I wanted to bring up the, the other stats that he brought up uh, that he's done with these guys this season. Uh, played a lot with Jeff Carter. He's played 357 minutes of five on five with Jeff Carter. He's increased Jeff Carter's Corsi up to 56% from 52%. And like I mentioned, the Kopitar and I follow line, uh, he's played about 200 minutes with those two guys and he's increased it by about 7% of Corsi. So a lot more shots going towards the net. And the funniest thing was looking back <laughs> at the last three seasons, um, the most, the players that he played with the most out of the top 15 players, there was only one of those players that he didn't increase the Corsi of. And uh, I told you this before, and I thought it was hilarious. So the only player that he didn't help increase Corsi over the past three years is Oscar Fantenberg in the 261 minutes that he played with Fantenberg in L.A. So I, I thought that was quite the funny little tidbit. And, but the funny thing about that stat is the other top 
So the top 14 players that he played with, he made better at getting the puck towards the other goal. Yeah, and I'm excited for that to be a part of the Canucks, right? Like, you know, when you guys have you when you have guys like Quinn Hughes on the back end and you've got Tanner Pearson, Bo Horvat on this line, like I can't wait to see what these guys can accomplish at 5 on 5. It's it's exciting and you know, I I didn't even really think about the power play until you brought it up. And when he gets here and he plays on that power play unit, you know, Brock Besser hasn't done much on the power play when he returns. Yeah, I wonder, no. you know, that's a conversation that we're going to be having in about a month. It's like, are we going to take to fully off the power play unit or is he succeeding so well with those guys? Because, like, okay, when I think of Tyler Toffoli and I look at these stats and I look at where he's scoring from, he's scoring a hell of a lot of goals from right in front of the net on the right side in the middle of the slot. Like, he is scoring so many goals from that area. It's it's almost perfect that he's coming on. He's going to play the bumper position. We have the shot chart in front of us right here. He scores all of his goals from the bumper position. It's almost perfect to yeah. sit him right there on that power play. Yeah, and I really like that he's scoring from the hash marks too. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, oh man. Yeah, he's he's going to be a great addition to this team, man. So I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking at the power play here. He has three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We're doing this live. He's got 11 goals on the power play this year, I believe. Sorry, 12 goals on the power play <laughs> this year. Half of those goals have come right in the bumper position. And, you know, the other ones are kind of scattered around. But there's not a lot of variance in this i mean he's scoring a lot of his goals in the same spot and now he's gonna have elias Patterson and quinn cool. hughes feeding him pucks man well like, you know what i've seen and a lot jt miller with the power play lately is okay we saw some success with brandon sutter and bo horvat down there because teams are just staying on top like they're saying okay we're not gonna let elias Patterson beat us we're not gonna let quinn hughes beat us jt miller's putting up a ton of points they're like putting three guys up top there and you're getting a two-on-one down low with yeah. your bumper guy and your net front presence and if it's Tyler Toffoli and Bo Horvat, and they're already playing together at five on five, yeah. they're going to bring that chemistry to the power play. I just, man, like the more and more you think about it with this team right now, I love this trade, and I'm okay saying that. Like, I, yeah, I, like, me too. And this team with the spot that they're in and the playoffs, and you know, Jacob Markstrom and his age and the contract with him, it's like, I like, I like this trade. But if you look deeper down the future, if you look after this season. I wonder what Tyler Toffoli is asking for when he hits free agency. Because yeah. this is going to be the first time I believe that Tyler Toffoli hits free agency as an unrestricted free agent yeah. with his age. So he's going to be looking for a decent payday. You know, he's making decent money right now, and I don't know. He did. I think he signed that contract after the big year that he had, though, uh, with his like thirty million dollar the year that he scored um, thirty one goals. Was it? Yeah, the year after he scored thirty one goals is when he signed that contract. I believe I got to do some more research here. But if he comes in, yeah. So it was the year after that. He signs for 4.6 for three years. So this next contract, he's probably looking at something like four years. And when you think about that, I don't know if he's wanting a wanting to take a pay cut to stay here and play with this young team. That's the thing that a lot of these players are going to have to do if you want to keep this this team together. Is they are going to they're going to have to take pay cuts, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. And you know, like Bull Horvath's making five and a half, right? I don't think you can justify paying Tyler Toffoli more than that. I don't think you know. I just I just look at what everybody else is making and I kind of compare it to that and you know we can't we can't compare Louis Erickson to it but I would say Tyler Toffoli can't make more than five and a half. Yeah, and I'm guessing that he's going to want somewhere around there. You know, like it's going to depend a lot on what happens in the playoffs with this team. But man, I'm feeling a lot more confident going in there with Tyler Toffoli in the yeah. top six. Yeah, exactly. And you know, like I I don't want to say that this was a necessary trade, but I also don't want to say it was an unnecessary trade. This I is, think this is just an extension of what they did in the offseason. Yeah, exactly. It totally is, exactly. right? Like it's it's lo- it's short-term gain 
for long-term pain. I mean, it's you're you, we we would have loved to see Tyler Madden come up, come through this team. I would have loved to see them go draft another second-round pick of the caliber of you know. Look at the players they've drafted in the second round: Cole Lynn, Jonah Gadjevich is having a way better year. Niels Huglander, Jet Wu. Like a lot of these players are playing great hockey, like a Michael DiPietro type player, and these yeah. are players that we value very highly in this organization. And you give up a guy like Tyler Madden, who's you know a lot of people said first round caliber. You're giving up a second round pick. That's huge. But how many times do you find yourself in a situation like this with the Pacific Division, mm-hmm. with a goaltender yeah. drama that's about to happen in the off season? Like they're they're going all in. Like yeah. they are. They have to. They went all in with J. They kind of like. Started shoving some chips in when they made the JT Miller trade, but now they're going all in, making a trade for Tyler Toffoli and moving some prospects because start of the year, I'm not thinking at all about touching any of the Canucks prospects. Yeah. But they've played themselves into a position where they actually can think about it, and now they've gone out and made the move. Well, that's the thing, right? We we talk about how Elias Patterson changed everything in Vancouver, and this is how. They weren't supposed to be this good this fast. This was an accelerated rebuild, and it all happened because of Elias Patterson. He's the sole reason for this. And Quinn Hughes also played a big part in it this year, for sure, but Elias Patterson really changed the focus of the organization. 100% he did. And I just look at it now, and I'm seeing, like, you know, we all wanted them to surround Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes with good talent when they're still on their ELCs. These guys are going to get big pay raises, man. These guys are both going to be making like $11 million each, and it's going to be tough to pay both of them that for sure. But you have to you have to maximize on them when they're on these ELCs, and I think that's just what the Canucks are doing right now. I mean, I would have liked to have seen them not throw out a second pick and not have a pick in the first two rounds, but again, like... In terms of the trade itself, we can argue if it was necessary for the Canucks to make it or if they should have made it. It was not an overpayment. I'm I'm confident no, in saying that. it's not. And I think that they the problem is what you just brought up was when you have these guys in these ELCs and they're having these breakout seasons, you're not really expected to have money buried into Brandon Sutter, money buried into Jay Beagle, money buried into Louis Erickson, or Sven Berchi down in the minors. Like When you have these young players coming up, you want to be able to to make a move for Tyler Toffoli and then some and go, go go out and get other players to like move into this spot. Like look at, I mean, I guess what the Coyotes were somewhat able to do this year when they went out and got Taylor Hall because they had some cap space available. They didn't have all this money invested in these bottom six AHL players, right? That's the thing that's worrisome, obviously. But at the same time, you mentioned it. Like if you have an opportunity to make your team this much better uh, by increasing what your top six is able to do. And, you know, if it's, it's right back to what we kind of started this conversation out with is, this second line is going to be going up against the best lines in the league. It's going going to be going up against Connor McDavid in the playoffs. It's going to be going up against, you know, what the Vegas first line of March or so and Carlson or stone or like, it's going to have to play against these guys. And yeah, maybe it's not the quality of players like we have on those other lines, but it's the type of players that can shut down that type. Yeah. Like it's the type of, this is the type of line. That's a two way line. Tanner Pearson is a good defensive player. So is Bo Horvat. Tyler Toffoli, I haven't seen enough of to say that he's a good two-way player, but if you look at some of the analytics and the numbers that he's putting up, the expected goals that he has, like he he fits perfect to what they needed on that line. And I don't, you know, I think a lot of people were talking about it earlier before that before the trade was made. They're like, man, Tyler Toffoli would fit this team, but I didn't really, I didn't really dive in too deep because I just didn't think they were going to no, trade. I, for I Tyler didn't think Toffoli. it was going to happen. I was shocked. I thought it was fake when it was tweeted. <laughs> like I was like, okay, where's the? That's, I saw the Darren Drager, and then I was like. What the hell? There's a check mark beside that tweet. Yeah, that's yeah, actually a Darren yeah, Dreger tweet. Yeah, I thought it was one of those deep fakes. Or yeah, whatever I read the spelling like three times when Hako showed it to me. I was like, 
whoa, like this is actually real. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, like I still can't believe it's real, but I can't wait to see them play together. So, what's your lineup looking like uh, now that Schaller's out? Um, McEwen slides in. McEwen slides in. Erickson on the fourth line. Erickson on the fourth line. I I have Erickson out of the lineup at this point. You got Bailey ahead of Erickson. Yeah, after I think the performance so. he turned in. Like I like Bailey, mm-hmm. but dude, he played terribly against Chicago. Yeah, I'm just I'm curious to see what they do with that third line or that fourth line because you're seeing what Zach McEwen's able to do and you're seeing him like man that play that he made the other day with that little yeah, dangle yeah, spin yeah. move. Damn, like that's the type of player that you want to surround with something that can that can get something going on the rush and I don't know because Justin Bailey has not played left wing for Travis Green. So you're probably right that Erickson is going to hop right into that fourth line. But the fact that they have Bailey up here McEwen, I think McEwen has kind of like talked himself into being 100%. a reason they could trade a roster player. Yeah, exactly. And like, I guess we'll kind of we'll kind of like start to close the conversation here. But moving Tim Schaller is great. <laughs> oh, it is. We've been like I see people on Twitter being all the time. Well, more so Facebook, I guess. Facebook comments are always like, well, "Can you guys Facebook please... comments are are excellent." By can way. you They're please so trade Erickson? Can <laughs> you please trade Schaller? It's yeah. like, dude, Facebook not... comments when they're just like. Like, oh, all we need to do is move Sutter and Erickson, and then we get this player, get Taylor Hall in here, and Tyson <laughs> Berry on free agency next year. Then we're going to the playoffs. Like, dude, I don't know. Like, I feel like if you're on Facebook talking about Canucks, like, you're being blocked from, like, using cap friendly or something. Yeah, like, you just can't, can't use logic in any part of it. But, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I, I do agree with you now that I think about it a little bit more. Louis Erickson is going to have to play on that fourth line. Bailey's going to be the extra guy. But McEwen now is a roster player on the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. I think he's a player that the Canucks now have more faith in. I think we've actually, you know, hot take here. I think Zach McEwen's played his last AHL game. Mm. I do. I think he's going to stay up here. Mm. I don't think he's going down. I think they're going to keep him around for the playoff race. He Travis Green's comfortable putting him on the second line with Bo Horvat, and McEwen looked right at home on that line, and he's only going to get better with experience, and the playoff style really suits Zach McEwen's game. Yeah, and he's proven that he can move the puck at this level. Um, I, I, yeah, that's a hot take. I don't know if I'm a, if I'm 100 on board yet because I think that they have other players that could fit into other parts of the lineup. But man, like you meant, there's not really another fourth line winger aside from Brandon Sutter that's going to play over Zach McEwen right now. Yeah, because Louis Erickson, like you know, when players start to come back to health and we get Brock Besser back in the lineup, that's when I could see him coming out because I think they could put. Sutter back down, but then again, like he could, he's probably the thirteenth forward when Besser well, comes back. So you do have a point. It depends because I think Mott's going to LTIR, is he not? Mm. So I don't think he's coming back anytime soon. No, but then you got Josh Levo. Ooh, when does he at come the back? The year, uh, I believe. I think he's like right before playoffs. He could come back. Oh, he's going to come project back for sure. At least. The thing is, I I don't think McEwen's going to get sent down. I think he's likely going to stay in the press box and be someone that they can throw in if they need a little extra grit. Or whatever it may be, I I just I don't understand. Well, not understand. I guess I don't really see the point of sending Zach McEwen back down to the minors. Like you know, he'd be good for Utica to have in a playoff run, but you know, he'd also be good for the Canucks to have in a playoff run. And I think you know, when it comes to the organization making decisions, I think they're more worried about what the Canucks need for a playoff run. Yeah, and I think that McEwen is that type of guy. But you know. A lot of people forget that Zach McEwen can play center as well. Yeah, you know, if you need a center in a pinch, he's a guy that can hop in. But also with with Tyler Toffoli, I noticed this earlier when I was looking at the stats, and I know I've been throwing a lot of numbers out there at people, but he's also had a pretty low PDO. And for people who don't understand PDO, it's the on ice shooting percentage plus the on ice save percentage. 
and the players that he's playing with are at 6% over the past two years. That's a very, very low shooting percentage. That's something that we're seeing similar to what the Bo Horvat line, which brings up the case that you brought up earlier where maybe this is the perfect fit. Maybe this is something that helps them as a group of three because you know they've had a low shooting percentage with Horvat and Pearson uh, aside from the start of the year when Pearson was on that crazy yeah, run. Yeah. But then their, their shooting percentage has dropped a lot lately. And then you throw Louis Erickson in there, he's not helping it. Zach McEwen, though he's playing well, he's not really helping it either. But you bring a good shooter in with Tyler Toffoli, and man, like... Like, he's been unlucky for two straight years, and he's still putting out these numbers, Tyler Toffoli is. So he's not playing bad. That's what PDO is a measure of. It's a measure of luck, pretty much. And he's below one by quite a bit. So he's he's ready for a year where he can bump that line, that on-ice shooting percentage, that line up. And, like, it's been the same for Bo Horvat. So, yeah, the Canucks have been lucky in a lot of spots. But if you look at that second line, they've been unlucky this year. And I feel like this is the type of thing that can turn that luck right around. Yeah, for sure. You know, one thing I want to talk about before we close out mm-hmm. How much better has the pro scouting department been? Yeah. Derek Pouliot, Michael Delzato, Sam Gagne, Eric Branson. These are the guys the Canucks wanted and went out and got. That was my guy. That was who they went out and got. Those are the players they went out and paid premium prices for. And now, you know, we see Josh Levo go for Michael Carcone. We see JT Miller. You know, they paid for that. But still, like, in terms Even of Antoine Roussel, when he's healthy, he's a yeah, very effective bottom exactly. six player. And, you know, like, they paid a premium for JT Miller, but you know who else they paid a premium for? Eric Branson. Yeah, so, true. like, <laughs> if you're going to have one of the two, what the hell, man? Like, what's we, like? I know they changed the pro scouting department, rightfully so. And they have done a great job. Like, you know, and, and I just look at this, and I think that's going to be another feather in the pro scouting department's cap uh, is this Tyler Toffoli trade. And, you know... Again, like I just want to say, like I really don't think this is an overpayment when it comes to market value. I think it's a tough pill to swallow for Canucks fans because there's no pick in that first round or second round now. I think, I think what it continues to do is is set the market high right now for sellers. Yeah, right. Like it's the market's been set, and I think the Canucks didn't overpay. Like we saw some of the other trades. He brought up the Coleman deal, the the Green deal. Those were those are overpayments in my book. But this one here. You know, when you see what the market's been set at, I do agree with you. I don't think it's an overpayment because I don't think this it's is a steal. No, it's not a steal either. I mean, it it, dep- it all depends what Tyler Madden's going to come out, and that second round pick is years down the road from seeing what happens. And I'm not going to get all like uh, see sometimes on Twitter people talking about, oh, don't worry for the long term. Like I am worried about the fact that there's, yeah, you have to be. There's you- not that depth center coming up because a lot of people were excited to see what a fourth line would look like centered by an Adam Gaudet or a or a Tyler Madden. You know, a futuristic-looking fourth line that can score some goals and not be caved in in their zone every single period like we see with the Canucks right now. But but you go out, you make this move because you're in a good spot. You're in a spot where the path to the Final Four is straight through the Pacific, and the Pacific's not that hard to get through, it seems like. Yeah, exactly. But you know who else we didn't mention in that center depth? This is Zach McEwen. Yeah. That's a fourth-line center. There you go, right? And, you know, like... It doesn't all have to come from within either, right? They can go sign a fourth line center if they want. We yeah. saw them do it with Jay Beagle, right? Yeah. And you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's not go sign another Jay Beagle for that price and term. But you know that that's the other thing is now you have Jay Beagle locked up long term, right? So yeah, you have you the fourth line center. Uh, the final thing I want to ask before we close out here: Are the Vancouver Canucks done? No, they're no. not. Jim, Jimmy's not done. Jimmy's phone's still running. He's dying his hair right now. Yeah. He's ready to get in oh, front of the man. camera. This was a Jet Black Jim trade. It was I'd a say. Jet Black yeah, Jimbo. I think so. What do you think the next target is? Do you think it's a forward in the bottom depth now, or do you think because I think that's offloading like, think, some cap space? It kind of has to be. Yeah, that's. But like what we were talking about so much over the past couple of weeks is 
Who are they going to add for depth? Who's going to be the, the tough guy that they can add in the bottom six? Then they shock everyone and they go out and get a top six player like Tyrod's fully the best I'm, available winger. Yeah, probably. like I'm not complaining. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather they get him than Wayne Simmons. Do you think they handle the Stetcher Tanev situation, or is that going to be? Are they going to have to run into the playoffs with those two? Because man, like playoffs. I was talking about it the other day. That right side has not missed one game this yeah. year. Tyler Myers has been healthy all year. Troy Stetch has been healthy all year, and Chris Tanev has been healthy all year by the grace of God. That's why we haven't seen Brogan Rafferty yet. And, yeah. you know, that's depth that we're going to have to see in the playoffs. Hopefully we get to see what Brogan Rafferty can do. Uh, we touched on it last week on the podcast, but Trey Ampkin making his way through the AHL. Maybe that's another guy down the road. But you have Yolevi, you have Rafferty. Those are going to be the players that are going to have to call for the defense core. Does that worry you at all? Do you think you need to go out another 6-7 guy, like another Jordy Ben type of player? No, not yet. I don't think there's any panic. There shouldn't be any panic. At least there shouldn't be any rush to do so. You know, like maybe in the off season they're gonna have to go out and get somebody because I see them losing Stetcher or Tanev. Like they're gonna lose one of these guys. I don't think both of them are gonna be coming back. No. So, you know, in terms of do I think they're gonna trade one of them before the deadline? No, I don't. I really don't. I think both they're gonna ride it out into the playoffs, and I think that's the right move. So what? Uh, what do you think they're trading away? If you think they're not done yet, shit. Because <laughs> like you know, there, there. I think there's some options if you want to do depth for depth. Uh, Sven Berchi's a pretty good depth player to yeah, trade. Yeah, Nikolai exactly. Goldobin's a pretty good depth player to trade. If you're talking about an organization with depth, like they have some players that can, they can probably go help another NHL team. Whether you know, if it's if it's this year, that's great. I wonder if there's another guy like a Reed Boucher who's sitting on yeah. an NHL team that's not going to make the playoffs, and they're like, you know what, your your contract's up. We'll take another. We'll take a gold dobe and see what he does with our AHL yeah, team. Yeah. You know, I, I wonder if there's a type of player that can help a defenseman like that. Uh, I know a lot of people were, were saying Bogosian for uh, for Sven Berchi today. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> that that's, the guy that you can bring in. But I don't, I don't know trade. about that one. Yeah, that is a trade. <laughs> you can say that about it. Um, yeah, that basically wraps up. I don't know if you want to touch on anything else. Quads, you got anything else? No, other than check out our Patreon. we got to plug the Patreon. <laughs> Even though this is an emergency episode. And yeah, you'll find us on Saturday morning. We're still recording. Yeah. Yeah, we'll Still, get an episode uh, out there. Yeah, recording. I got um, Carson Folk and uh, Jet Wu are in town next week, so I'm going to get them at the Giants game. Excited oh, for that. Awesome. Um, yeah, that basically wraps it up. Uh, I'm just excited that we're able to do these emergency podcasts live in person. Now that yeah. I've moved over here and we've yeah, got exactly. CIT, we can do this kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up. You hosted this one. You brought us in. Take us out, Quads. Yeah, okay. Check us out on Twitter. Oh, yeah, we forgot. We should probably plug our sponsors. Definitely. Uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> the Connect Conversation is brought to you by Parallel 49 Brewing Company. And Zephyr Epic is our other sponsor. And you should definitely go check them out. Use promo code Canucks Convo for $5 off your order. They got some really good stuff out there. That's Z-E-P-H-Y-R-Epic.com. I think that covers everything. That covers it. Yeah, good job. Uh, I wanted to open pass before we started, but you said we wouldn't have time. No, so, I said we wouldn't I'm have time. I'm just too giddy. I know. I had to, so I, much fun. I had to play dad in that role. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, no, Chris, we can't open cards yet. God damn it. Yeah. Tantrum. We'll be doing that on Friday for sure. Yeah. All right. So wrapping it up, Tyler's a fully trade. Hopefully you guys enjoy this emergency podcast. Uh, like you mentioned, follow the show at Canucks Combo. Rate and review if you enjoy this kind of thing. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be at the Botcher Project on Wednesday. So I'm stoked as hell. I'm in a good ass mood, Quads. I know. I'm very stoked for your article. Like, I right. actually can't wait to read it. Yeah, uh, I know I mentioned on the podcast last week, but I've been working on it. Um, also, Tony Gallagher is going to help uh, help put that together with me as well. Wow. So I'm very excited for that, a guy who kind of helped mentor Botch in this industry. So, um, yeah, so there's a lot of stuff uh, to wrap up there. Man, quads, we almost got to 45 minutes. That's pretty good Holy for just shit. going off the cuff, no notes or anything. Oh, my god, uh, We're stoked on the Toffoli trade. Uh, we'll wrap it up there. My co-host's name is David Quadjarly. My name is Chris Faber, and thank you for listening to the Canucks Conversation.